Ruthann, today's Talk CDL podcast is brought to you by Carter Lumber. Carter Lumber is a company with over 160 locations east of the Mississippi that is looking for Class A and Class B local home everyday drivers. Just go to carterlumber.com forward slash Talk CDL. That's carterlumber.com forward slash Talk CDL. Fill out the short form and they will get you in. Ruthann, it's Talk CDL time. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's my backup crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as we're the only ones in here. And listen, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to um, the, uh, how about we give a shout out to the convoy first? Okay. You know, they, those guys have been, you know, working hard. I hear there's like six or seven convoys. They've all joined up in Hagerstown, Maryland. And um, they've been peacefully protesting, running the co- uh, the convoy. And, you know, hats off to those guys that paid for their own fuel and the families and everybody that came out to support them, feeding them and supporting them. And everybody that got up on the bridges and had signs and took their time out to get out there and cheer these guys and gals on. Thank you on behalf of all the convoy and good for everybody. Yeah, they're they ha- they're they're doing something with a purpose. Yep, I'm I'm all for peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, Ruthann. I want to also mention the uh, mats. Mm-hmm. The uh, Louisville Truck Show starts on the 24th of this month, which is less than two weeks away, and you and I are going to be there. Lord willing, we'll be there. We are going to be there, and we're going to have our Toxideal hats and shirts on. And we are also going to have our equipment with us, mobile equipment, and we'll hit a couple companies and maybe we'll do some interviews with some drivers. We're just going to be walking around and having a good time, shaking hands and just taking in the sights. What do you think? I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Awesome. And if you haven't registered for Matt's yet, go ahead and use our special code, which is NEP18. Yes, that's NEP18. 18. That's anywhere you register for the Matt's Louisville Truck Show. Um, you can go ahead and register so you, you're already pre, uh, pre-registered pre to get in the doors. Um, and whether you think you're going or not, register. It don't cost you anything to register. No. Yeah, just go ahead and register and use our promo code NEP18. That's NEP18. I also, if, if, if I can for one moment, would like to say, you know, we've been... Um, one of our sponsors, LoadSmart, who is Camion, has been sponsoring us, and they let me know this week that they are actually going to have a giveaway for drivers who come. Well, we're going to have a page that they're going to have us load up onto our Facebook page to, to keep an eye To register for the drawing, right? Yes, yeah. and there's a drawing that they're going to be giving, and it's called Not a Flamethrower. And the reason they're doing it is because their key with their little trade show name is Trade Shows Can Be Boring. We brought we brought a flamethrower. So Camion is a tool to ignite trucking business. That's their little. I think it's cute. So, anyways, not only do they have the break even calculator, but they're also going to have um, this this flamethrower giveaway thing. Which I don't know what the flamethrower is. That's the key. It's just it's a yeah. it's something to just kind of get me interested really quick. That's all I know. Right. So you're <laughs> when you go on Talk CDLs. Uh, Facebook page and wherever else media is found. If you see uh, the registration for Camion's drawing at the Matt's truck show, um, know this. You do not know what the prize is yet. No, so, it just says it's going to be a flame. And, and whatever it is. It won't be something stupid. You know, no. they, they're not going to just leave us in suspense and then like give us like some, you know, uh, a, a dinner at McDonald's or something like that. It's, no. I promise you it'll be something really good because Camion really is a top notch company. Actually, I know this much. What do you know? They said that whatever it is, they're going to have to mail it because it will be not easy to get on an airplane. So they're going to mail it for the driver because it's something that's not easy to get on an airplane. That that makes me think it's a gun or something, which would be super <laughs> awesome, man. I am registering. A flamethrower is what wanting, I'm thinking. I'm but, you know. a flam- an actual flamethrower? No, actually, what, what, and I don't know if this is true, but it's a really cool idea is yeah. like maybe a Pete that's like a... Um, you know, like not a lighter, but like a uh, kind of a lighter. You know what I mean? Like just something big and it lights up. You know, no, I don't think it's me. that. I, I'm thinking maybe. I'm just guessing. Maybe it's a new deer rifle. I, and I need. 
you know what? I'll bet you because like they sponsor us, we can't even get in the drawing because it would be a conflict. If that would be so funny if like ten thousand truckers entered and they went, Talk CDL won it. Our sponsor. It'll be like, be, we'll, we'll, or, we'll be one of those you ever see, like, where all the meerkats kind of, like, all turn their heads at the same time to look at the prey. Yeah, they'll all be like, mm. the heads will go up. Who won? The predators. Yeah, that's not <laughs> fixed. All right, so I guess we probably can't enter. No. But I, if, if if you're giving out a deer rifle, Camion, just because you like us, maybe send me, a, 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 you know, a Savage 300 or something. Anyways. <laughs> but anyways, keep an eye out for on our website for, for the sign-up link and... And good luck to all you drivers. And we're, really, we are looking forward to everybody being there. Seriously, it'll be su- it's going to be such a great time. Because you know why, Ruth M? It hasn't been going for the last two years. No. Everybody's starved to get out. And you know what's sad? I couldn't find it, but I, I don't know if the the Dallas truck show, I think that's canceled. I think they had canceled in the beginning of the year because I can't find where it's going on. But I'm going to double check into it. I couldn't find it the other day. So if anybody knows about the Dallas truck show, please let me know because that's another event that's pretty much the same size. It's as in almost August, as isn't it? Um, yeah, at the end of August, beginning of September usually. So anyways. Hey, so why don't we just go ahead and mention Camion real quick, mm-hmm. LoadSmart. They have the break-even calculator. And with today's fuel prices, you don't even know what the fuel... I mean, most fuel places right now for diesel are is over five bucks. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me it's over seven in California. I wouldn't doubt it. I would tend to believe it because they're always at least a buck or so higher than everywhere else. Just imagine now, Camion has this break-even calculator that you download. It's free download. You just go to camion.io forward slash talk CDL. That's K-A-M-I-O-N dot I-O forward slash talk CDL. If you're a small fleet, a big fleet, it don't matter if you got a 1,000 trucks. Listen, Swift, if you're hearing this, download Camion's break-even calculator today. They can help all your lease operators. Anybody that has a lease purchase truck, download it today and see where you might be missing out in making that dollar profit a little higher at the end of each week. Mm-hmm. Ruthann, moving on. Moving I've, on. I've got some, I've got a letter, okay, that I want to read today. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. I read this letter in the middle of the night. It's by a trucker, about a trucker, and it literally brought tears to my eyes. I'm not joking. I'm I'm a guy that doesn't cry easy, but this letter... It literally, if you really take your mind into this story when I'm reading it and just hear what this trucker went through in his whole career, and he's still out there trucking, I'm telling you, it's, I've been itching to read this ever since I read it. And so I'm going to read that here in just a little while. Okay. Also, I got some more trucker stats today for us with trucking accidents versus four-wheelers and uh, some interesting things and and you'll never guess i bet you won't guess this you would have seven guesses but there's a certain day of the week and a certain time of the day when most tractor trailer accidents happen how weird is this crap that they got the exactly wait wait you mean what both or wait that's a good that's a good one yeah but no seriously like there's a certain time of the day and there's a certain day that the majority or the highest percent of accidents that happen to semi trucks, and I'm thinking, whoa, you might want to shut your 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 uh, your drivers down for these couple hours where these accidents seem to uh, break out. And you and I got a good theory, Ruthann, on why they happen, and we'll to be talking about that also. Right, but. As soon as you get started on that, but while you're getting ready, I'm going to say something. How many of us still, when we're sitting there in an airplane, look out the window for the guy from the twi- from the Twilight movie? I know I do. You still look out the window? I still will look. Even though I know it's, you know, not true, when I'm in the plane, I'm going to look out. And I actually imagine the guy sitting there and i like, ooh, that was creepy. Anyways, go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got some really scary airplane stories, but, you know, I don't feel like telling them right now. But you remember the first time we flew. Together, yeah, I remember that, and that was the scariest plane ride I've ever had in my whole entire life. And I was literally kissing the ground when we got down, it was that bad of a flight. But we won't get into that right now, we'll leave that for another day. We'll leave that for another time, anyways. I would like to get started right now with this letter, but you know what? Why don't we go ahead and mention one more uh sponsor? 
And we're going to go ahead and mention national carriers. Phone number is 888-311-7076. And they are looking for lease operators. they got those beautiful T680s. If you want a lease purchase, percentage, reefer, or you want, or if you're a student graduating trucking school right now, they will bring you in. I'm being told most truck drivers can't become a lease purchase driver until they've got at least one to two years experience, Ruthann. With National, you could come in, become a company driver for a short time, and when you understand the leasing, they will put you in there. 888-311-7076. Ruthann, moving on, and I want to start with this letter. Okay. Now, I'm serious now. I mean this sincerely. This letter, if you don't feel... Touched. Touched, yes. Thank you for that word. If you don't feel touched... I mean this. You you have like a, a numbness to your heart. Now, I'm serious. Now, listen to this letter. This is by Sean Dirksen. We, he was on the show a couple of years ago. And uh, uh, real nice guy. And he wrote this letter. I call it advice from an old school trucker. And I mean, this is not the, the same advice that you would think you're going to hear from an old school trucker. Like a lot of people think they're just going to put down the next generation and all this other crap. This is not what this is about. This is about a man that drove a truck almost in his entire life, his family life, and what he went through. Now listen to this. Sean writes, Well, I finally did it. Tonight at the truck stop, I saw an old timer of a trucker come in. And man, when I tell you he's an old school, I mean it. He's very old school. He checked all the boxes. At this point, I had yet to order my food. So when he and I saw each other, I just blurted it out. Sir, are you a driver? He said, I sure am. I said, if you're up to it, would you care to join a rookie for dinner? Now, isn't that interesting? Now, you think about that. Now, this is Sean. We know Sean. I know Sean. I watch his post. He's on my on my media, and I watch it. I follow him, and he follows me, and he's all over the country. He's got a nice red Peterbilt. It's 389. He's pulling a flatbed, and, and he's just, he runs a True 48, and he lives up in the Northwest. I think he was living in Tennessee or something, and then they just moved out there a year or so ago, two years maybe. And this guy is true trucker, loves trucking. He's always shining his truck. He's always talking about, you know, keeping the industry clean and doing the right thing. Sean's a good guy. Um, and so when, if anybody tells me they just went up to a perfectly good stranger that looked like an old school trucker, I would tell you Sean would be that guy. Sean would be the guy to approach somebody that he don't know and say, sir, would you like to have dinner? <laughs> I'm, I kid you not. That's Sean. He's, he's just an, an, out, an outgoing guy. Um, here's what it says. Now, he's talking about the guy. He says, he smiled really big and said, well, I guess so, in a joking manner. Yeah, I'll have dinner with you. Um, this man was probably in his late 60s minimum and seemed like a happy guy. He had on one of those shiny Peterbilt trucker coats with the striped collar and cuffs with a faded flannel shirt underneath. He removed his coat, and he had a pocket full of ink pens and an eyeglass case, just like my granddad used to wear in the same way. Isn't that, now, seriously, do you remember them old-timers? Mm -hmm. Did your grandpap used to have a bunch of pens in his, in his work shirt? Um, my grandfather drove heavy equipment. Okay. So I'm not sure. I know, not sure what he, I, I would say that he probably had a couple of things that I know he had a cigarette case probably in there. Yeah. My, my, uh, my grandfather always had something in his shirt pocket. He wore what's called Dickies and he had those work, he'd wear a t-shirt, but then under, on top of the t-shirt, he had work, uh, work shirt, one of those work shirts and work pants. He was an owner operator. And he wore those cowboy boots, you know, always. He always had those boots on. My pap did hand-rolled cigarettes, so he had one of those cases and had his cigarettes all in it. Do you remember back Do you remember back when you were younger, the old guys, they always wore, like, a pack of cigarettes in their sleeve of their T-shirt, and they would roll it up, like, up on top of their muscle. Do you remember that? You just, they would 
put That's it in. That's greasers. The greasers yeah. did that. I'm saying that, that yeah. was our parents. That was their era. They would wear the greasers. They greased My their hair. My dad was a greaser. Your dad was a greaser. All of our parents were greasers. And then and they wore that, you know, with the T-shirt. It was mm-hmm. funny. But anyways, going back to the story, he says, he had an old school Goodyear trucker hat and faded jeans and shined up cowboy boots. He was the definition of old school. See, what Sean is saying is just looking at this guy, what you would picture, in fact, in like one of the trucker movies from back in the 70s, that's this guy dressed just like it. Mm -hmm. He said, we shook hands and he told me his name was Ned and he was out of Wyoming. I introduced myself as well. He saw my hat and said to me, I parked next to you out there. And he said, that's a mighty fine looking Pete you got. He was driving himself a 1997 379 Pete. He told me he bought it new when he was done being a company driver. I just give everybody a little heads up there. That's just about 20 that's 25 years ago. That's 20 he bought he bought a 1997 brand new. He's driving a 25-year-old tractor probably still in perfect condition. And he's an over the road driver so what do you think the miles are on that truck? And I'm sure it's already had at least one overhaul if not two. Mhm. That's pretty pretty sweet. Mhm. Um it says we made small talk about truck and stuff. I told him about what I do my experience, and what I was trying to do on YouTube. We ordered our food and sipped coffee while we waited. When our food finally came, he said, So, son, what do you want to know about this trucking thing? This thing. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. This, I believe this word for word. And what I think is so funny, I can just picture Sean with this old school trucker that, had no act in him at all, was just perfectly genuine. What what a lifetime opportunity for a young trucker to sit down with a guy that's friendly enough, smiling, looked like an old school trucker, has the same truck for 25 years, it's a long-nosed Pete, and he says to you, what do you want to know? I want to talk. You, you forgot the son. So, exactly, the son. son. What son. do you want to know? What That's do you want to know, son? Son. <laughs> I, almost, I almost think of the mo- movie The Gambler. S- son. <laughs> I made a laugh out of him. But anyways, he said, uh, Sean writes, I set my fork down and said, I love what I do. And I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But I feel like this trucking world doesn't want me here. From fellow drivers that hate me, to people in cars, the roads, nasty shippers, and receivers, all the way to the damn weather. He chuckled a bit and looked up at me and said, if I would have met you before you got behind the wheel of that beautiful truck out there, I would have said no. But I can tell by the way you dress, how you talk about your truck, and the look in your eyes that you are all in and you got it in your veins. So this old school trucker is telling Sean, you know what? I could tell you're a real trucker too. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment coming from some old shit kicking Peterbilt driving trucker. You know that, right? That's a song title, I assure you. No, it's not. I just no, made that the I'm hell saying, up. I'm saying that's a, that's, a, that's a song title. Go ahead, drivers. Make a song out of that title. You got that right. A shit kicking Peterbilt driving old trucker. All right. He said... Are you ready for this? This is what the old man starts giving advice. He says, it's a sickness almost. And like a damn junkie, it all comes at a high cost. He said, I've been driving since I can remember. Now he's about to tell him his life. And this, you got to watch this. This, Listen to these words. It'll drive you nuts. He said, I've been driving since I can remember. And in that time, I fell in love, got married, raised a family, and built a life and a home. And son, I'll tell you what, all I really remember of my life is what I've seen through a windshield. I would leave, and every time I would come home, I would see the lines in my wife's face get deeper and her hair get wider. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. I mean, think, think about what he's saying there. It's like his whole life, because remember what I used to say to you, like all those years that I was out there, I would say, it's like a blur out there. 
your windshield. Like you, you, you're in one state, 10 hours later, you're in, you know, five other states, you know, depending on where you're going and life becomes a blur, like 99% of it. You don't even really remember. You're just trucking and trying to stay alive and doing your job, but you're out there and your family is growing while you're not there. That's mm-hmm. what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. I came home. The lines on my wife's face would get every time I come home. The lines on her face were deeper. Her hair was even whiter. And he was saying, while I was away, life was going on at home. Mm-hmm. And I was out there running. Isn't that something? He said this. He said, and this is this is where he starts really getting you. He says, I'd be home long enough to fall in love with her all over again. And then it was time to go. <laughs> you hear that? It's like, wow. It's like, okay, you come home. Because I remember that, Ruth. And I remember coming home, just like he's saying. I remember being out there. And you're out there for weeks and weeks. And when I'd come home, what did I say to you every time you'd get, go to give me a hug? Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I just got to breathe for a second. I'd be just getting out of the truck a billion miles. And like uh, my legs are all shaking from just going and going and going. And then I'd, I'd look at you and i go, hold on, don't touch me for a minute. And then, then I would be like, come here. <laughs> but it was like unreal and then you know your your mind got to settle back into that family that's been going on without you the only thing you got is a phone relationship with them and they're you know you were raising the kids the kids look different every time i would come home and it's like a trucker's got to have that in the back of his mind that i've got a family mm-hmm. i've got a family at home man and and here i am two weeks away from them and you know what when i get home they're gonna look two weeks older they're going to look two weeks older. And in, in a year from now, I'm going to see them a whopping maybe 24, 25 days out of the year. And each, by the end of the year, you know what? It's gonna, they're going to look different. If I take a picture of them now in a year, my wife's going to look like somebody that I didn't get to see grow. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful thought. This guy's putting it in words, and it's so beautiful. He says, I've cried. I've cried all over my steering wheel more times than I can count and lost more friends over the phone than I'd care to mention. You hear this? This is what this old timer's saying. Every time I left, I cried. I lost friends. Nobody was there. He said, I came home to a wife that told me the doctor said she's sick. I didn't think I get choked up. Hmm. He says, not long after that, he said, I got the call telling me. I need to park the truck for a while because she doesn't have much time left. Crazy bladder, huh? It's amazing. He said, son, this is a burden the good Lord asks us to carry when we take on the job of being a truck driver. This letter ain't over, trust me. He says, hell, most of us can't think of one damn reason on why we do it. Other than we love it. He looked into my eyes and said, I'm sorry, son. Like I told you, it's like a drug. He told me my advice is to stay away from the miserable people in the industry that try to stomp out your love for this. He said, they only care about the paycheck and hate what they do. And they want you to hate it too. He said, because if you don't, they will be forced to realize that they need to start asking themselves some real questions on why they are out here. He said, buddy, no matter how hard you try, you can't help those folks. There's a guy out there like his whole life that's gone through all this. Then he said this, does your boss know your name? I said, yes, sir, he does. He said, does he care about you? And I said, yes, sir, I think he really does. He said, then good Nothing worse than trading years of your life and moments with the woman you love for a company that could care less about you. It's true. It's 100% true. I mean, honestly, this is why truck drivers hate it when some when a company don't know his name and, and it, it seems like the company doesn't care because the, the trucker has a heart. He's out there and he's got a family and he cares. And when you got some dispatcher or some company that's saying, just get the load there, stop being a pussy and get there, don't worry about your family, blah, 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 blah. You'll see them soon, blah, 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 blah. You know, that truckers, those truckers, they're thinking of the time that they don't have with their family. And like this truck driver is saying, 
man, if you find a company that cares, that's precious. It's like it's 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 waiting gold because like you said, there's nothing like trading years of your life and moments with the woman you love for a company that gives a flying rat's ass less about you. That's true. He told me to max out my life at home every time, especially with my wife. Make sure she always knows you love her. Then he pulled out a small picture out of his coat pocket in one of those small stand-up frames, and it was his wife. He said he always brings it with him, and when he eats anywhere, so he can see her face when he eats. He said tonight was the first time he didn't do it because he had someone to talk to. I couldn't help but get choked up. As you all know, I do the same thing in my truck with my wife's picture. He told me to hang in there. And if I love it, to keep that hammer down and give this job the respect and dignity it deserves. We finished our meal and stood up to part ways. I insisted on paying for a dinner for the dinner. And in return, he had given me advice I would never forget. He said, thank you. We exchanged firm handshake and went our separate ways. I watched through the window of that truck stop. This man walk away knowing almost certainly that I would never see him again, but yet hoping I would. I will forever be grateful to him for taking the time with me. I got in my truck and left knowing today was a day I truly needed. Sean Dirksen. What do you think? What do you think of that? For real. Made It got me choked up just reading the damn thing. Sean, you know what? I haven't met Sean in person, but I'm going to kick your ass for bringing tears to my eyes. Now I'm just kidding. I love you, brother. I mean, that I hope Sean, Sean, I didn't send him a message. I hope he's at the trucks at the truck show this year because I'd like to, to hang out and shake his hand and have dinner with him or whatever the case, if we can. That'd be nice. It really would be nice. And it's nice that he was able to, because it sounded like both of them needed to talk. They needed, at that time, they needed each other to be able to sit, one, to pass some information on, because he, you know, Sean needed that, that time to hear words of wisdom, but yet Ned needed to also say how he felt. And, you know, it was something that was probably, it was truly beautiful. You know, it would have been nice to be able to, to be there and tell them how great they were both, too. I got a message for Ned from Wyoming. I salute you, brother. Hats off to a man that honestly done it all. And like he said, raised a family and a home. Put all those miles on it. Praise God all through trucking. Mm-hmm. And then he lost his wife. And the advice that he gave, if you listen to that letter, he didn't go into a whole lot. More than really don't take for granted your loved ones at home. Don't take for granted the time you have with them when you're home. Don't take for granted taking your kids on a trip if you can. And don't take for granted if you can get a regional job and be home and see them more. Don't take that for granted. Don't take it for granted. This is a man that now all he's got left is his wife's picture. And he takes it with him everywhere he goes. That's a beautiful story, Ned. And Ned, the man's name that met you, his name is Sean Dirksen. And if you want to meet him or get get in touch with him, all you got to do is write to, to Talk CDL. Go to our Facebook page. Or you can write on uh, to Troy at TalkCDL.com. Or you can write a letter to Ruth Ann, R-U-T-H-A-N-N, at TalkCDL.com. And we'll hook you guys up. Because it sounds like Sean regrets probably not getting your phone number and uh, being able to stay in touch with you. Ruth Ann, I think it's time to move on. Moving on. Do we have another sponsor? J.J. Keller, the trucker's secretary. That is your 
buddy, J.J. Keller, the trucker secretary, 888-601-2017. Call them and find out why they're called the trucker secretary. These guys will keep you in line. They'll keep your papers in order. Anything that you are, are you know, not filing correctly at the end of the year or if you want to become an owner-operator, J.J. Keller truly is worth their weight in gold. Find out why we call them the trucker's secretary, J.J. Keller, 888-601-2017. No job is too big or too small. Ruth, I'm moving on. Moving on. Hey, you know. You have some statistics for us, but I'd like to mention something real quick before we get involved in that. Yeah, what do you got for us today, Ruth? Well, remember the the driver you were discussing that hit the sheriff in Tennessee? Oh, you got an update on that? I do. I have an update that just came out this week. It says... Um, Why don't you remind us about the accident first? What happened was a, a driver out of Houston, Texas, was driving in Tennessee, and the sheriff, the Tennessee sheriff, had made a, a blockade to remove a ladder from the road. So he was using, you know, little, I guess his car and his lights were going, and, and, and he was trying to remove this ladder, but it was too big for him just to pick up and carry. So he was trying to help as much as he could, and what happened was is this driver came up and just basically hit him. A trucker? A trucker. Okay. Not paying attention, and whatever he did, and he just killed him. And if I remember correctly, he they arrested him because he tested positive for marijuana or some kind of drug on the, at the scene. And so you got an update... Mm-hmm. On this guy, go ahead, give it to us. I do. The Texas carrier, uh, um, Texas carrier, Dunwich Trucking owner said after being shut down by crash from the FMCSA, the FMCSA has effectively shut down Houston-based Cobalt Trucking following an accident in February that killed a Tennessee sheriff sergeant, Christopher Savannah, the driver for Cobalt Trucking, who was involved in the crash, was also shut down recently. So the FMCSA shut not only the driver down, but the company he wrote, worked for. The reason is, is on, um, because on February 3rd, when he had the accident that killed the sergeant from the Loden County Sheriff's Office, the driver ignored a rolling roadblock and crashed into two cars before killing the sergeant, who was stopped to remove a ladder obstructing the roadway. According to the FMCSA, Savannah, the driver, did not have a CDL, was prohibited from operating commercial motor vehicle due to the previous positive drug test and was arrested for being under the influence of marijuana at the time of the crash. As subsequent FMCSA review of Cobalt Trucking found the carrier to be irregular... I can't pronounce this. uh, Give it a try. Irregularly... I can't do it. You did it. That's whatever. Move on. Uh, Non-compliant with multiple safety regulations, the FMCSA said, including controlled substances and alcohol use and testing, commercial driver's license standards, driver qualification, hours of service of drivers, and vehicle inspection, repair, and maintenance. So they they blatantly have not maintained their vehicles. They have not done the correct hours of service for drivers. They have not gone through the proper testing for pre-employment and to keep them by doing the, the different parts there. So Kobo owner Frederick Botund noted the situation capped a three-year stint in trucking. So he was only in business for three years. Well, still. So he had one truck? One truck. The single truck in is a 2019, and it remains impounded in Tennessee where the accident happened. So I remember this now. So this guy tested positive at the accident, but he had he was driving on a suspended license or a revoked license, so he didn't even have an, a legal CDL. And the reason he didn't have a legal CDL is because of another drug charge involving something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like the guy's on dope, and then he gets into an, an accident or, or whatever the case is. They take his license and then he blatantly gets in another truck. You would think if you got into a truck without your CDL, you'd be like the most cautious guy there is in case you were coming up on a scale, any kind of an accident. No. What did this guy do? Went and got high and then drove a tractor trailer again. So I, he's pro- is he still in jail or don't you know? 
Um, honestly, I have no idea. I've been reading over this, and I haven't seen okay. exactly where it says that he is still in jail. Listen, y'all out there, truck drivers, the, the moral to this story is, seriously, take your CDL serious. There's a lot of people out there that have failed drug screens, have had DUIs, and, and honestly, Ruth Ann, they had a second chance, and they cleaned up their act. There are people that have cleaned yeah. up their act. Yeah, there is. You, just, and there's, you can never just throw stones at anybody for their mistakes. But when you blatantly get back in a tractor trailer and do the same garbage, guys and gals, you have no respect for that CDL. What's this? In all honesty, what do you think this guy, and I don't know what his skills are, but what's he going to find that can pay like a tractor trailer job? And what's he going to find, to be honest with you, Truckers love it, not just because of the money, because there's a lot of freedom in trucking. You're out there without anybody watching over your shoulders in most cases, and you're just traveling, and that's what a trucker does. Man, to give that up, to me, to me, it makes my stomach sick just knowing the guy gave up his, he, he shit all over his CDL, Ruthann. It's disgusting. I mean, that's just, you just don't do that. Wow. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get to these stats. All right. So check this out. Um, I'm just going to go through these quickly, and you can comment. First stat. I call this more trucker wreck stats. This is what truckers and cars. This is car versus truck in statistics. 48% of truck occupants died in crashes, including rollovers, while only 22% of car occupants died in accidents uh, involving rollovers, and 45% of SUVs died involving rollovers. So... It's, a, it's interesting how 48% of rollovers and tractor-trailer crashes usually result in a fatality where only 22% of the cars that flip, you know what I mean? Mm. But the weird part is an SUV, which isn't, you know, a big, giant difference from a car, those guys are rolling over and 45% of them are dying. Hmm. What is that? It's really odd. I, I, I don't, I, you know, it is what it is, but... Um, you know, you could try to figure that out on your own, whoever's listening. Number two, 58% of large truck occupants died in single vehicle crashes, while less than 50% of passenger vehicle occupants died in similar circumstances, meaning single vehicle crashes, meaning they hit a tree or they went over an embankment into a ditch, flipped, hit a, you know, a, a stationary object. Um, it, it's saying that 51% truckers died and in the cars it's just a little bit less 49 percent hmm. yeah kind of weird okay number four 31 percent of passenger vehicle occupants die in big truck accidents when hit in the front now that's a surprise that what they're saying is like a head-on collision basically mm -hmm. or somewhere in the front only 31 percent of those maybe cars have gotten a lot safer it's the airbags maybe I'll bet you it is the airbags. And then like our, with the Honda, when you have a front-end crash like that, the engine drops. You know what I mean? How it That's true. They, they, they have it set up now where the motor pushes out instead of crushing you. It says, alternatively, 25% of passenger vehicle occupants die when a truck hits them in the side, which you would think that, you know what I mean, being T-bone, more people would die, but only 25%. It says, well, while hits in the rear, like when a trucker rear-ends a car, is only 5%. Because it pounces them. Boop. Yeah, it punts them out of the way mm -hmm. and, and, and sends them on their way. I'm sure they get broken necks and all, but only 5% die, unless, of course, the truck goes up over the car and crushes. It says, one other type of crash is also known to be most harmful to passenger vehicle occupants. When the front of the passenger vehicle hits the rear of the truck. So when a car rear-ends a truck, it's 22% of the people in the car die. Boom, they hit something that don't move, and, and they're diet, and they're dead. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what the ICC bumper was for, is to keep people from dying so, you know, like, much. So yeah. that probably has an improvement, but can't take it all away. Right. Okay, number five. Deaths in semi-truck crashes account for 11% of all motor vehicle crash deaths. So if, if that makes sense, because usually somewhere around four to 5,000 people die in a year, Okay, and I believe it's like, um, and, and they'll get to it here in a second, but 11% um, of all deaths are involving a tractor trailer. Um, now listen to this stat. Here's, the, here's the, the day of the week I was telling you about. 
Okay. What day do you think it is, if you had to guess? Well, you already know. I know, but I could tell you it's not what I thought. Exactly. I would have never guessed this day. Mm -mm. But Thursday is the most dangerous day of the week, according to truck accident stats. (gasps) I think I might have gotten it. No, I'm kidding. What do you mean? Well, the, the the old joke, like if you you go to like Applebee's or one of those kind of places that have like the bar, it's Thirsty Thursday. So I thought, oh, I got it. Thirsty Thursday. But no, I'm kidding because, you know, drivers don't drink and drive. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, it states that along with Monday and Wednesday, these three days of the week accounted for the more than half of all truck accidents with a total of... 1,893 deaths in, in this was a, a stat in 2017 because they only do it like every five years run these, these numbers. So we're yet to get the last, the latest, but it says 18% of all truck related accidents were noted on a Thursday with 745 fatalities. That's a quite a bit for just the one day out of seven. Yeah, it is. Well, I could see why they say it's the one that has the most. I wonder what, what it would be though. It's kind of curious to why Thursday would be. Well, I, I honestly and truly have zero ideas. Now, it is the day before truckers are hoping tomorrow they get home. I have, I have no idea. Mm. Um, okay, listen to number seven. Truck accident statistics show that most truck crashes occur between noon and 3 o'clock. All right. Um, I'm, I'm flabber Not flabbergasted, but like now I'm really curious to why they can't, you know, like how, why? Well, here's here's my my theory on that. And you had mentioned it earlier when yeah. we were talking. I got good theories. But that's right after lunch. Mm-hmm. It's also, now listen to this statistic. Where do most accidents for car drivers happen? Close to their home. Exactly. Within like, it's like two or five miles of their home is where most people, because they say they get complacent, they get relaxed. And what what happens at noon every day? Most people do what? Eat. They eat and they relax. And guess what? It's also that time of the day. Think about this. It's also the time of the day where it's not rush hour. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that for just a second, more I would I would tend to bet when a trucker comes into, um, like a big city at rush hour. He's like real defensive. He's on the watch. He's going and going and going. But at noon, when there's less traffic on the interstate, uh, everybody's back at the office between noon and three, there ain't a big rush hour. All of a sudden, a trucker is just kind of relaxed maybe and not in that driving defense mode. That's the, what I'm. This is my theory on why noon to three is the number one based time for truck accidents. What do you think? No, I think that's a good theory. And as far as on Thursdays, my theory with that was because drivers are usually almost completely emptied out if they're LTL and they're getting their loads back in. So their trailer might not be as full or the loads could be shifting because of that. They're not jam packed and they might be on their way to get the rest of the, the their pickup so that they can head back to the terminal. So, I mean, there could be those kind of reasons why. And, you know, I like the analogy of the noon to three because if a driver, anybody, I mean, when I eat, the first thing I want to kind of do sometimes is take a nap because I get tired. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if a driver goes and eat and, and you know, it doesn't help when you get all the buffets. I'm just saying they kind of have a lot of mixture of food there. And I'm going to get my money's worth out of that buffet. And, and you get a little tired after you eat some of that gravy overneath, over top, like open face sandwiches. I'm telling you. You're making me full just thinking With mashed about it. potatoes. All right, I'm getting stuffed. <laughs> Cream corn. Oh, I'm going to throw up too much food. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. And that is you get tired, you're complacent, you're relaxed, and you're not on his guard. That would be the my guess why, trucker. So if you're a safety director, start putting out notes reminding these guys, hey guys, wake up, it's noon. This is the time where truckers relax and get into accidents, according to statistics. And we're going to put the credits up in the podcast and you can see uh, where we got these statistics. And they actually come from like um, highway safety uh uh, like I'm not sure if it's FMCSA or one of them. It, it gives the name of the people that are giving it. Listen to this. Little over half of all truck-related accidents occurred on major roads other than interstates and freeways. It says a report showed 
that uh, such major roads were the location for up to 52% of all large truck-related accidents. At the same time, interstate and freeway wit- uh, witnessed only a 32% of such accidents, while only 15% of large truck vehicle accidents occurred on minor roads. And and you, you, my theory on that one is interstates, everybody's merging in the same direction. Okay, I think where you get a lot of your accidents on your highways is because they don't have get on ramps they have stop signs and red lights where people pull out in front of truckers and all kind of people and and not realize what's you know how fast the car is coming or the truck and that's where they get into these accidents Ruth Ann that would be my guess mm-hmm. no I would agree okay moving on number nine it says the top truck accident cause is mechanical defects most often include tire and brake issues when it comes to truck defects, issues with tires, wheels, and brakes seem to be the most common cause of accidents. On top of that, the more recent electronic system incorporated in trucks are just as risky as well as steering wheel accident defects. And my guess is Peterbilt, Freightliner, and all these guys, even though, um, like it said, steering wheel and brakes, even though... They don't build the steering wheel. They still hold responsibility for choosing the steering wheel manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of backing each other. So all I would say is, you know, we need better equipment out there, guys. And hopefully it would deter more accidents, Ruth Ann. Number 10, up to 30% of fatal crashes and 12% of injury uh, cases in work zones were, were wrecks involving big trucks. It says that the data has been extracted from the latest case reports showing a steady rise in accidents and work zones. The rate of fatal crashes involving at least one large truck was about 20%, only up 2%. So it's at 30% now in the coming years. As it seems, truck driver negligence, as well as the remaining vehicles in the respective zone, is the main reason behind such accidents. You know... You'd think by now, wouldn't you work, go through a work zone? I mean, they've really made a lot of rules up where you can't go through it when you're like, you can't even have your phone in your hand when you go through a work zone. Even a car, or, you're not allowed. No, yeah, or a school zone. So you would think that the it would start lessening and lessening because, I mean, we've had construction on 19 now for, I don't know what, four years? Four, four decades. It's, yeah, it's what it feels like, but... You know, we think that 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 would start lessening as far as, you know, it's 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 getting too common not only to see the work zones right now, but to keep having the accidents is kind of pitiful. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to tell you, I also blame the police. The reason I say is because I never see anybody hardly ever pulled over in the work zones, but people are doing 20 and 30 over. Some so of them, yeah. I, th- I think if, if the cops would, would, would g- make a better presence and start writing out tickets, it's not their fault that they're doing it, but it's also it's their fault that they keep doing it. Because if, if people knew, hey, these cops are serious, they would slow their asses down in the, in the work zone. So oh, yeah. I, I blame everybody, including the police, the trucker, and all that other stuff. Um, no, moving on, number 11. Since 1975, the rate of occupant deaths in big truck accidents has, has largely decreased. You hear what he said? The rate. Mm-hmm. The rate has dropped. It says the number actually of actual deaths in vehicle and truck occupants per truck miles traveled has decreased in most recent years, especially compared to 1975 when fatal truck crashes was in initially collected. Numbers changed from 916 deaths among large truck occupants and 2,757 deaths among vehicle occupants. It says per 81,330 truck miles. So here's what it said, 916 deaths and 2,757 deaths. It, it, it took only 81,000 miles to accumulate those deaths. He said in, um, uh, it, it, it changed to only 683 deaths and 2,797 death cases, respectively, for 297,593 truck miles travel. So we now travel 300,000 miles to get less deaths. So we're going longer. That's you see what good. I mean? It only used to take 81,000 miles to get that amount of deaths. Now it takes almost 300,000 miles to get. So that means there's less accidents. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's, that's, that's showing an improvement, which is great. 
My final stat. Commercial truck accident statistics show 97% of all deaths and crashes involving one or more large truck were the passenger vehicle, car, van, or SUV. Meaning, meaning, if you had 100 deaths, tractor, trailer, car accidents, if there was 100 of them right now, 97 of those deaths would be people in the four-wheeler. Which makes sense. Yeah. That, that does make sense. Ruthann, that is my podcast for the day. Do you have the word of the day? I have the word. The word. What's the word? The word, the word, the, the word. word. Thunderbird. No. Okay, I have the word. What's the word? The word is... Are you ready for it? Yes. Okay, I got to turn my volume on. Decuss it. Decuss it? Decuss it. Decuss it. Okay, what does decuss it mean? It's... Of two or more things cross or intersect each other to form an X, like a railroad crossing, you know, the chirp, the yeah. X there. That's what it means. So the sentence would be the main road and the railroad track meet in a decussate intersection east of downtown, or the black and white stripes cross to create a decussate pattern. I can't Spell even spell it so they know. It's D E C U S S. A-T-E. De-cuss eight. So truckers can use that, de-cuss it. Yeah. When they come to a crossroad that's shaped like an X. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. And do you have the joke of the day? I do. I do. I have the joke. Why do you not trust stairs? Um, I don't usually trust them to begin with. I'm afraid to fall down because you can fall down and break your neck. No. Tell me why. Because they're always up to something. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, I, I, I have a weird sense of humor. But I do have a really interesting fact, if you give me a moment. Do you have a statistic or a fact? It's a fact. An interesting fact? It's a very interesting fact. What's, what's it about? Okay, it's about one of our vice presidents that we had. It was actually Calvin Coolidge's vice president. And what was the vice president, the VP name for Calvin Coolidge? It was... Charles Doss. Charles Doss, D-O-S-S? No, D-A-W-E-S. Okay. I mean, I'm honestly and truly, I, I don't remember the guy, but... No, I don't either. How long ago was he VP? He was VP in 1911? No, wait. Somewhere in that area. Okay. I have here, he didn't actually say, but I mean, if it was Calvin Coolidge's, it was back then. But it just says that he was a self-trained pianist, um, as well as a banker, and, and in 1911, 14 years before he become um, Calvin Coolidge's vice president, he wrote a short instrumental piece titled Melody in a Major. That's not, I mean, that's pretty interesting, but here's where it comes extremely interesting. In 1951, when he actually died, the American songwriter Carl Sigmund put lyrics to his his melody in a major and called it it's all in the game then seven years later tommy edwards became the first black artist to reach number one with his doo-wop version of that song and since then it's nat king cole made a version in 1957 it's all in the game it's all in the game elton john did an upbeat cover in 1970 elton john did yes wow van morrison did a sorrowful take of it in 1979 now nice. remember it's called it's all in the game van we morrison yeah we can't play the song but driver you can look it up ask siri or yeah. alexa then isaac hayes did a remix of it in 1980, and Merle Hager, for you country fans, did a country creation of it in 1984. Nice. So the VP wrote a song that's going on today, written and rewritten by big stars. Right. They all did their own version of it, and he is one of the only vice presidents that made a song. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty interesting. Ruthann, we are out of here. And listen, before we say it, um, please keep in mind, uh, we'll probably get at least one more podcast in uh, before we get to the show. Please look us up if you're going to be at the show. We'd love to say hi and share a laugh with you guys. And we are out of here, Ruthann. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.